from a developer's point of view, it's really like having all the great architectural benefits of the Jamstack with you get to be dynamic. I think about like, you know, what does the term static site mean? Like serverless, obviously there's somebody who's running the servers, right? So does static site really mean that nothing can happen on the server? What if it's like now we've gone originless and from a developer's point of view, I think we could still call it a static site, even though the CDN is like doing dynamic things. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. Uh, on the line, I've got Shalom. Tell the listeners why you're here, what's your background, what's your sort of correlation with the Jamstack. Getting to the Jamstack is a, a long journey, I guess. I wrote my first HTML at a course at Rhode Island School of Design in 1997 when I was in high school. And then I actually ended up studying graphic design. And when I graduated, I went and joined my uh, family's company. We had a herbal products company. We sold bulk herbs all over the world. And then we developed this line of, of direct-to-consumer retail herbal products. And I started advertising those on the internet. This was like 2003. And business exploded. We grew over the next couple of years. We grew to a million-dollar ad spend. And business grew like 10x. Wait, you were in high school making websites? No, no this was after I graduated college. Oh, okay, gotcha. This, this was 2003. So business exploded, and then I, I managed that for nine years. And that's where I started getting into A-B testing and analytics, and we had this big ad spend, and it was hard to know, should we be spending more, should we be spending less, what's working on our site, what's not, all kinds of landing pages, all kinds of content. Um, and then we sold that company some years ago now. It's actually owned by Clorox now. And then I started working on this let's say, experimentation platform that I had read about, you know, this research coming out of Microsoft and Google and Facebook and Amazon about A-B testing and canary releasing. And we wanted to do that. Yeah, how, how long ago was that? Well, this was, when I started reading about that, it was like 2008, 9, 10, when it was at the company. We sold the company in 2011. And then this just sort of picked up steam. Originally, I was thinking we would go back into e-commerce and just have have a platform that you know I wish I had before and then yeah it got more and more about the technology and less about trying to build an e-commerce site and then started working with React in it was 2015 maybe 14 and I think React was sort of the the entryway into into the Jamstack and the Jamstack was always really appealing because well, performance, of course. I mean, performance is is critical, especially for like online sales, and then also the operational simplicity, like this this idea that you can just reduce all your dependencies to a single one at build time, and then just throw that into the CDN. And I wanted to use it, but I never really got a chance to because A/B testing was the thing that we really wanted to build out. So there's always like this question, like, how can we get these amazing, you know, architectural decisions? Of the Jamstack, and also be able to A/B test. So, like, if you if we go in and add like one of these third-party A/B testing tools, we got to put it in the head, and then that blocks rendering because you're waiting for the A/B test results to load before you can show the page, so you don't get a flicker. 
and then you basically you've ruined your your awesome CDN deployed static site pre-rendered with this performance. You take a huge hit there. So last fall we came across Cloudflare workers and this whole like the the serverless edge, which is now like StackPath and Fly.io and Fastly's getting into it a little bit differently. And we started experimenting with server-side rendering at the edge. And now we've gotten into you know, building everything that we're doing at the edge. So we're doing like React, render to stream out of Cloudflare workers. And we've also built a, a headless CMS for A-B testing. And the traditional headless CMS is like, again, like static JSON deployed into the CDN, which is awesome for simplicity, awesome for performance. But if you want dynamic data like for A-B testing, then you're back to square run again. So serverless edge is like this first opportunity where now we, we embed all of our experimental data into a Cloudflare worker along with the API code. And then essentially that gets pushed out to 190 data centers. Gotcha. And we've essentially like, it's the equivalent of deploying into a CDN, except all of a sudden now the CDN is dynamic. Yeah. And then in the case of like React, so where the Jamstack maybe would do like pre-rendering of your pages, right? So you get that great time to first byte. And now we, we're doing render to stream, actually, because Workers supports streaming as well. So like we can render the head, start rendering the React application. We bundle the whole CMS data in the same worker as the React server-side rendering. So there's like no latency yeah. for data lookup. And it's essentially like we've cached a dynamic app at the edge. And from a developer's point of view, it's really like having all the great architectural benefits of the Jamstack with you get to be dynamic. Yeah. So it's like I think about like, you know, what does the term static site mean? And I think it's kind of becoming like like serverless. Obviously there's servers. Somebody's running the servers, right? So does static site really mean that nothing can happen on the server? What if it's like now the edge is like we've gone originless? And from a developer's point of view, I think we could still call it a static site, even though the CDN is like doing dynamic things. So you're basically taking like when I approached doing server-side rendering in a React app, I would have to reach for something like a Now or a Heroku because I need to have a server that triggers that re-render, bundles it down. So rather than pointing it to your server, you're pointing it to the edge network or the cloud for a worker. Is that correct? Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is amazing. Do you have uh, examples written, like blog posts? Yeah, we. I mean, we ha- I have a a site up. I don't know if I can share anything here. It's 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 just audio, right? I can't like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after the fact, you could you could send me the link for sure. Uh, I'd love to share that with the in the show notes. But because uh, I, I mentioned this, because I so I had Kenton uh, Varda, the engineer that sort of instituted Cloudflare workers at Cloudflare. Yeah, right. So at the time, it was like super alpha beta, and like, you could do some like trivial things, like replace names on the page. But like, I would have never. Of thought to like even attempt to like render my entire string to an actual edge network, which is amazing. Like that you you've sort of figured that out. So then going back to your delivering that, how does your your A/B test network works with on the edge too as well? So like I'm going to your site and you have like your whatever your load balancer for your A/B test network. Like how is that triggering dynamically? Yeah. So let's say you're coming to our site and we're A/B testing. The headline. So actually, it's a full headless CMS, so you can A-B test arbitrary schemas. But let's just say you have your headline, your subhead, and maybe an image, and you want to A-B test that. So you created three variations in the CMS, and now you want to deploy that to your site. 
So we would actually bundle all three of those variations into the worker with the React app, and we would dynamically choose one of those, assign it to a visitor, right? And server-side render that, pass in only the selected variation as data so we can rehydrate on the client. And then essentially the RSDK would hydrate the app, pick up that, and there would be no network requests for that initial load. And then when you navigate, you would hit the API to load in, again, dynamic variation assignments, and again, from, from a worker. So you just get back the single variation assigned to the user. Wow, that sounds pretty elegant. So when I approach the Jamstack, like I always find these edge cases that I have to write hacks around. One thing that you sort of explained, which is like the authentication piece of it, well, basically the authentication piece. So I, I log into a Jamstack site, and it stores a cookie in local storage, so that way the next time I come, it knows I'm already logged in. But I always like that first time, especially in React, because in JavaScript you have every variable is assigned undefined right off the bat. So I always get that weird error sometimes if if I'm not handling the data properly, I'll get undefined and it breaks the page. So then I have to refresh and then it shows up. And it sounds like they're you can be a little more elegant when you have things like an edge network and Cloudflare workers to talk to to do things magically for you. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it's magically, I think, is a pretty good word. Yeah. You talked about like, you know, having to pull out Heroku or something if you wanted to do server-side rendering in the past. And like going back to I remember when when AWS Lambda first came out, I think this was again, I don't know, 15 maybe or something. And we jumped in there early and actually implemented server-side rendering with React. But then the cold start times were like you know one two seconds, and yeah. we just abandoned it because it was like okay, yes, it's great, it's scalable, you know, it's serverless and all of this. But you're trying to go for something really performant, and so we were running inside of uh, Amazon for a long time, building out clusters, ECS, Docker, this kind of stuff. And now it's like, I mean, even there, you know, we used to think that if you had a a website that was big enough that really wanted to be doing this globally, you could deploy into let's say all of Amazon's data centers, and then you could use Route 53 to do like global DNS and route to your users. But this is like massive operational complexity, right? I mean, you'd, you could need easily a full-time engineer just to monitor a stack like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like with this introduction from Cloudflare and the other providers that have like this serverless edge, it's really like the, the CDN. You're just, you're just throwing it over there. You've eliminated all the runtime dependencies, like you've built them into the app, and then I, mean, I heard from one of the engineers in Cloudflare they had a client running 100,000 requests per second through a worker. Wow. Which is like, I mean... So is that expensive not- on the worker side? I haven't even looked at workers since I think the last time we chatted, of maybe a month or two back. Like, Have they identified like a pricing model for this? Like, Is this on the same level as Lambda where I'm, I'm not paying until I'm like a serious product? Yeah, they, they actually came out with a, a free tier pretty recently. You can get 100,000 requests per day maybe on their free tier. I mean what, what we're offering is obviously like is this high level service. So it's one of the things that we're using. But if you're just like a developer and you want to go use workers and think around yourself, yeah. the pricing is is great as a serverless platform. I mean I think it's probably the most cost effective out there. Excellent. So like when I think of A B testing, I think of like places like Optimizely, I think they had a really good A B testing product back a couple years ago. They don't have an edge network because like I always conflate Optimizely and Fastly together, but they're they're only this like blocks away in San Francisco. I think that's probably the that's usually the problem. Sure, sure. They go into that category. I mean, I, I hesitate to talk about you know any specific company, right? I don't want to. Yeah, like, fair enough. But if I talk about like 
the approach of installing a third-party SDK, yeah. then there's only so much you can do. So if you're adding AV testing as a third-party SDK, you have to block the DOM while it renders. And if you're like building a modern site, I wouldn't want to do A-B testing that way. I mean, I want my A-B testing like, to be passed down as props to my React component, and I just want it native native in there, native server-side rendering. So it's kind of a different thing. I mean, if you're on, like, if you're running Magento or you're running a WordPress site or something, I mean, these third-party SDKs, I mean, they're great because they offer people, you know, an easy way to get, to get started with that. But if you're, like, really trying to squeeze performance, and it matters, like, if you have a lot of revenue, I mean, you could be losing, especially for online advertisers where someone clicks on your ad, if the site doesn't load, yeah. I'm gone, right? So huge waste could be yeah. just never even, you know, never even seeing the landing page. Yeah, yeah, that's real. And I, it sounds like uh, with the work you're doing, every millisecond counts at this point. Yeah. So I saw in our, our notes you, you're using the Preact CLI too as well. Are you still leveraging Preact for a lot of these projects? We launched a developer preview in, in July, and we, we're supporting React right now. As like our, our entry thing because it, it's I think got a bigger community around it. I mean I love Preact. There is a repo that we have up on our GitHub, which is this an early. This was like last fall. One of the early experiments with Cloudflare workers was with the Preact CLI and wrapping that to get server side rendering. And it's actually there's an example of that up, and, and that's a that's a full blown progressive web app with like server push. And the other thing we're doing is we embed all the static assets into the worker. So the worker is serving the static assets as well. And Cloudflare has server push. So we're doing server push of the JavaScript assets while rendering to stream the React application. And there's not even an origin. Everything is cached. It's like permacache. So I guess how do you know when to invalidate the cache and then push it again? Are you just waiting until that something triggers uh, some sort of interaction on the, on the app itself? Well, actually, in the current iteration, we're not doing a progressive web app. Okay. So we don't have the service worker on the client caching it. And I think with wanting to do A-B testing, that adds some challenges. So I'd really want to, you know, if a client really had like a large budget and really wanted to experiment, like, hey, can the progressive web app give us more or we really need offline support? I think that could make sense. But I think for a lot of people, especially because the edge is so close that if you don't need the offline support, just hitting the, the edge server is so close. So with A-B testing, we actually don't have any, there is no cache invalidation because okay. there is no caching. It's essentially, we are in the cache, right? We, we are, it, it, it is the cache, right? The cache is dynamic, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, the way you explain it sounds really trippy. I'm just thinking of like the, I just saw Endgame recently, so. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, when Ant-Man jumps out of wherever that nether region is, you know, that's where you're, you're writing code directly there. <laughs> directly, is, yes, we're writing it directly there, yes. Wow, I mean, that's like, that's really powerful, and I, I'm not sure if I, I don't know if my, my brain's completely wrapped around this idea. I know you've sent me some uh, some repos to look at, and like I, I skimmed through them and trying to understand this concept, but like it just makes me want to tinker and try this out myself. So like I... I guess you're the digital optimization group. dot com. That's our that's our website. Yeah, in in the GitHub repo. Okay, we're on an enterprise Cloudflare plan, which we needed to get on to do this. And we started talking to them at the beginning of the year. And I think it was like a two month courtship, let's say, with all kinds of engineers in Cloudflare, just to get like the approval that hey, yeah, they they're excited about this use case and they want to support it. And we got some limits lifted, like how big a, a script can be that we deploy. To give us space to like 
be able to actually embed the application and embed the static assets. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of hard to uh, to get attention of people and also leverage. It sounds like engineering and support time too as well. But yeah, I'm glad you're able to sort of kick the tires and um, press on some some nozzles and stuff like that uh, for this. Yeah, it's been been pretty exciting. Cool. So yeah, anything else you want to share about some of the work you're doing and uh, maybe other places that that we can find some of this content as well? Yeah, I can definitely prepare some stuff for you that you can that you can put up. There's a couple really interesting, and I'll, and I'll post these blog posts actually on Cloudflare of optimization things that they've come out with. One of them is HTTP2 prioritization from server controlled. So generally, the, the browser like says, hey, these are the priorities that I want you server to give me my assets because I think they're the best. Yeah. But with workers, you can actually control that and say, hey, no, we know better, and we want to send down you know, this blocking script because we know you need it, this blocking CSS because we know you need it, and then we're going to send you down images along with the fonts where maybe you wouldn't have asked them later because you haven't gotten to that yet. So I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities going forward for us to build in these kind of performance optimizations into our platform, or even for people who just are like developers using workers directly. Another one is, is uh, progressive JPEGs, right? So progressive JPEGs, you know, the way they're optimized is they've ordered the bytes so that the first like 15% of the bytes as they come into the browser can give like a blurry version of it, right? And then the details come in later. But like 50% of the image, a user can pretty well see what it is. So if you have multiple images on the page, though, they're going to generally load you know, one at a time. So even though an individual image is loaded progressively, the other images are still waiting. Yeah. So one of the things that Cloudflare is working on with workers is to do multiplexed progressive JPEGs. So you can actually like load in parallel, if you have a number of images, like the first 15% of these six images, and then the, the further ones. So we're pretty excited about like what the future of performance and dynamic performance and what we can build in to just give give developers out of a box you know they just like they write react code and then deploy and they don't have to worry about configuring any of that or dealing with the learning curve which i think is a big part of the appeal of of the whole static sites and jamstack is that you know you build it and then it's taken care of in an awesome way for you yeah that is the beauty and like i i like i have a lot of ideas and i have a lot of projects i have to ship just randomly side projects or sites that have to stand up for events, and uh, like being able just to know how to coordinate your UI and not worry about the whole deployment process or interaction like with servers and anything like that. Like that makes my life a lot easier because I don't want to have to maintain some side project or some one-time initiative that I had to ship because I, I find like a lot of my projects happen to be in that realm. Sure, sure. Um, so I imagine like marketing companies like they have some like, campaigns going like. If they could have it, set it and forget it. Like I, the, the site I always go back to is SpaceJam.com. SpaceJam.com, like it looks exactly like the way it did back in 1996 when you were first making herbal remedy sites yeah, for sure. your, your family. Sure. Like that same site is the same site today, and like that's my goal. If I could this, even if the design looks kind of off, uh, maybe 10 years from now, at least the site still works, and that's pretty much where I want to be. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That's a nice, a nice goal. And I think we've in the last few years we've experienced. Change like like never before, and hopefully it's settling down. I mean, I think the edge, I think the edge, it's going to settle on the edge for a while because it just feels like it's the it's the natural progression. 
and the whole Jamstack really pushed that forward, like taking advantage of the CDN. And now with like these dynamic CDNs, being able to have, you know, dynamic static sites, offers, you know, kind of like the have your cake and eat it too for the developers. Yeah. Speaking of cake, uh, I'm going to transition us to picks, if you don't mind. So these are jam picks, uh, things that keep us going. Uh, it can be movie-related, tech-related. I know you, you went pretty deep on the tech stuff. But uh, yeah, if you still got them, keep them coming. Uh, and if you don't mind, I'll go first. My first pick, uh, speaking of learning curves, I have a couple projects that have been around since like 2016, 2017 in React. And like I have no problem upgrading my React versions. So like a React 16.9 is I think the latest version. But I think 16.8 is like when they went full force on React hooks. As far as the API, maybe it was before that. So I recently started using hooks. And the way for me to sort of because I haven't been paying attention specifically in the React community for the past basically nine months, uh, so I didn't really follow along with. I figured the React community will figure out the hook thing, and then I'll come when everybody figures it out and has the training courses. So, sure. uh, my pick is actually Tyler McGinnis's uh, React Hooks course. I skimmed through that over the weekend and then switched over the hooks. And I don't, I don't want to say it was like that easy, but I think he gave me a good platform for me to understand like how to. Switched to fully functional components because I was using lifecycle methods and pretty much all my anything that needed some state transitions. So switching those to the use effect hook was mostly straightforward, um, but actually works because my app itself was pretty approachable and simple. So I appreciated that course. So check out Tyler McGinnis's React Hooks course. And then I also wanted to mention there's another podcast that's out there, uh, which is my second pick, which is called the That's My Jam podcast. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to them because they're making podcasts on the Jamstack. So if you haven't heard of it, listener, so well, shalom, you check it out. Um, sure. I think they'll like a f- couple episodes in. Um, so yeah, best of luck to that podcast, and I'll keep listening. So do you have any picks? We have on our repo, which is also people can access. It's 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 open source. Is an early version of a proxy that we built on top of Cloudflare workers, and that actually allows you to route your traffic to any backend anywhere globally. So you could like you could run A/B test between Azure, AWS, and Google Cloud. Like you could run if you had infrastructure on those, or if you wanted to migrate from like one service provider, like one cloud provider, to another. I think that's another really nice like thing that the edge opens up. Is to be able to put your proxy like outside of the cloud providers and be able to say, "Hey, I own my domain, and I should be able to point it wherever I want in any way that I want." So people can check that out if they want. Yeah, I just gave your gave you a star just now. I will definitely be checking this out. All right, cool. Any other picks? Well, here's something. I think we can talk about anything, right? You said food or, or hobbies or anything. Yeah. So here's this is yeah. super random, but I'll throw it out there since I talked about code too much. I've been dancing Argentine tango for like. 20 years. So that's a hobby of mine that is kind of total polar opposite from sitting in front of a computer and programming. That kind of keeps me sane. Random fun thing to do. Yeah, we need those. Out of all things, like Argentine tango. Yeah, tango tango. And what's the difference between Argentine tango and like tango tango? Um, Argentine tango comes out of um, Argentina, right? But it, it developed there really independently of anything else. And then like the tango tango is more of a a ballroom version that goes with like Foxtrot or Waltz or these kind of things where they have a few steps and it's just a packaged, it's really a packaged thing. And the Argentine tango, it, it started in the 30s and 40s in Argentina and it was like a huge, a huge cultural thing. A whole generation was was dancing and creating music at that time. 
Nice. Well, when you get famous from this uh, Cloudflare worker stuff, uh, and they do like celebrity developer dancing competitions, <laughs> then uh, you'll be the first one I call. Yeah, all right, all right. Excellent. So, Shalom, thanks a bunch for coming through and talking about um, all this like really cool things you're doing with like dynamic static sites. And uh, yeah, best of luck with like continue this combination with the Cloudflare workers. And uh, listeners, uh, check out the repos and keep spreading that jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 